The Superpowers of the Soul Channel is brought to you by Superpower Experts. Visit superpowerexperts.com to unlock your superpowers today. You're listening to Superpowers of the Soul with Tonya Dawn Rackler and the Superpower Experts. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Superpowers of the Soul. This is Amorakai, and I am truly delighted to be here with you all today, talking with our super wonderful and deeply inspiring guest about co-creating an inspired world. You know, in this extra tender global moment for our family of humanity, so many people are experiencing unprecedented, like tsunami-sized waves of fear, anxiousness, and uncertainty on so many levels. And I feel like now more than ever is a time for bringing our visions for that beautiful future we all dream about deep in our hearts into manifested form. And if that resonates with you, dear listener, then I invite you to get nice and comfy for what I suspect will be a quite a paradigm-shifting chat with the bold and brilliant Lyle Maxson today. Among way too many other things to name, Lyle is the co-founder of Genius X, a VR education platform focused on the next evolution of education, as well as Entheo Digital, a digital therapeutics company pursuing FDA clearance and the creation of a wellness technology marketplace within the intersection of mental health and experiential medicine. Lyle passionately believes that we can create a metaverse that upgrades the real world avatar that is you, and that we can better humanity's relationship with technology, all while addressing the world's mental health crisis and democratizing high quality education. I absolutely adore Lyle. I find his passion contagious, his vision quite heartening, and his willingness to go all in extremely refreshing. I'm thrilled that he's here with us today. So let's get him on. Lyle, sweetheart, welcome to the show. That is the best introduction I've gotten from any <laughs> podcast. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> oh, it's a pleasure. It's easy when you mean every word. You know, I've uh, I've always been a big believer in the power of inspiration and I'm all for people inspiring each other into greater possibilities, you know, than we ever really dreamed possible for for our lives individually and the world we get to share together. And I'm so stoked to have this conversation with you today. But first, I'm sure, I'm quite sure that our beautiful listeners would love to hear your answer to our favorite question around here. And that is, what is your superpower of the soul, Lyle? And how are you using it for good right now? Nice. I actually have gotten this question asked to me very recently because someone uh that i hold very dear reminded me that superheroes really only have one superpower and the the way that they um you know show up in the world is through that one gift that they hone and focus in on um, which Mm -hmm. i thought was very interesting as i kind of went through the catalog of things that i find uh interesting or or you know noteworthy on what i'm capable of doing but through Mm -hmm. that process i realized that the kind of how I would envision it is really being an initiator. Um, mm-hmm. And that term initiator really comes from my uh, drive and vision around what's possible for our future and to um, initiate other people into that vision with me. Um, so the technology that we create very much is a initiation tool within itself a lot of times, um, but mm-hmm with how um, my skills show up in 
work and and life in general is really around like galvanizing um, individuals, whether it's investors or community or team members or developers to understand why we're doing what we're doing and initiate them into the cause. Mm. Okay, folks, you can already hear how rich and juicy this is going to be. I mean, for your superpower is igniting other people's superpowers and bringing superheroes together to work collectively, synergistically for a better world. I love it. I love it. I can't wait to get deep into it with you without interruption. There is so much to share here. And I mean, we'll get to as much as we can in the time we have together today. I know we could spend days, but let's go ahead. We'll take our short break right now, Lyle. And just before we do, where's the best place for us to send people to find out more about you? Because folks, you are going to find out and want to find out so much about this beautiful being and everything he's up to in the world. Yeah. Um, well, there's a few. I mean, the companies that you mentioned, GeniusX.com and Entheo.io or Entheo.digital are my two big focuses right now. Um, you can also just LyleMaxon.com. You can see um, some of my other companies and things that I've been up to in the world. And then um, LinkedIn and Instagram both are just my name, Lyle Maxon, or Luminous Lyle is my other moniker. Hmm, I love that moniker. That's so great. All right. Thank you so much. We're going to make sure all those links are up on the show page too. So be sure to check there, everyone. All right. You are listening to Superpowers of the Soul here on the Superpower Network. And we're going to be right back to get deep into co-creating an inspired world with Lyle Maxson in just a moment. You are not going to want to miss this one, folks. Stay tuned. Hi everyone, I'm Tonya Don Reckla, Executive Director of Superpower Experts. Are you ready to master your life? Are you looking for more calm and peace, connectedness in your relationships, more clear communication, guided thoughts, and a confidence in your ability to come up with creative solutions no matter what happens? Then join us at our next experience. Go to superpowerexperts.com and get signed up today. Welcome back, everyone. This is Amorakai. And if you're just tuning in, today we're talking with Lyle Maxson about co-creating an inspired world. So, Lyle, let's kick it off a little by letting people hear a bit about your vision for co-creating an inspired world. Like, what is it currently all about for you? What's got you fired up these days? Yeah, I mean, my my whole focus has really been around shifting people from fear to inspiration with the coming technological trends or what Peter Diamandis calls exponential technology, which is things like VR, um, augmented reality, um, AI, blockchain. Um, a lot of people are very, very focused on the negative effects that these technologies are having for a very good reason. And my vision is around creating this benevolent technology future where tech actually works with us instead of against us and um, really removing the addiction and escapism mechanisms in uh, the technology and entertainment that we consume today and moving it more towards an integrated full body actualized self of taking the things that we're learning and uh, growing through through our entertainment um, and through our technology as a whole and being able to apply it into our lives and into the real world. Um, 
Yeah. So, so that's like the, the big focus. And for me, what I believe is that mental health and education beyond all other, if you look at like the UN and their sustainable development goals, or mm-hmm. um, even the variety of environmentalism issues, really, I don't think any of that could be changed unless we address education and mental health first as the foundational pillars. And um, everything that I'm building in the technology space is allowing us to reimagine what that looks like because we're getting in on the ground floor of a new computing platform, specifically mm-hmm. immersive technology um, that unlike radio or TV or um, social media or the music industry, those things are very, very hard to uh, infiltrate and get a um, kind of a, a groundswell happening because they're, they're industries that have been around for a hundred plus years. They're legacy industries a lot of times meaning that they're not actually the best people are getting hired for these positions a lot of times it's actually just the son succeeding you know or the (laughs) Mm -hmm. daughter succeeding their parents um, with a lot of these big media conglomerates so Mm -hmm. with vr in particular um, we have an opportunity to lay a foundation for what's possible with creating engaging transformative content that then um, allows new developers to understand what's possible and um, really lay a stake in the ground for the industry as it evolves into the next dominant medium. Mm. So much goodness in there. Oh my goodness. So this is what co-creating an inspired world sounds like, feels like. Your vision is so compelling and it speaks to what is... I talk to so many people and some piece of this is on their hearts, on their minds, in their lives every day, especially in families, especially in families navigating this whole new world of technology with their kids and feeling quite lost and quite hopeless and quite confused. And as you mentioned, just downright scared, so much fear around this. I love that your whole focus is turning that fear towards inspiration. I believe you said benevolent technology. That's the best thing I've heard all week. <laughs> yeah, I've been uh, coining that phrase for a while now, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, a big thing to, to, I guess, really realize is that there is examples of the ways that technology are being used in the right ways. It's just, yeah. it's not very accessible to people, mainly because a lot of it isn't very engaging. Um, and, mm. and that's, you know, I kind of call it like eat your vegetables, uh, gaming <laughs> or experiences. Um, so they're really, really good for you, uh, neurologically, um, physiologically sometimes. Um, right. but you know, ultimately they don't stick and they don't get press and they don't, um, become mm. profitable because a lot of times they are just like, they're just that. And so for, right. for us to really get to a point where people understand what's out there and I'm happy to kind of go through mm-hmm. that. I usually enjoy doing that in these talks where I could actually point to references for parents mm-hmm. and, and people that are looking, but you know, it has to be able to meet people where it's at, where they're at. And a lot of times, if you look at fast food or um, sports mm-hmm. or, um, you know, video games now, it's essentially meeting these very um, instantly gratifying criteria. So they're like very, they're highly accessible. Um, they're extremely enjoyable. Um, you could get to them very, very quickly or this instant gratifying uh, experience that um, most therapies or meditation practices or wellness practices in general don't have reach any of those criteria. 
They're mm-hmm. usually not very accessible. They're extremely challenging. They're not instantly gratifying. It takes a very long time for you to actually feel better doing them, at mm-hmm. least at least for, for most of the modalities. Um, and so when we think about how to create benevolent technology, that's the whole focus is how do we meet people where they're at and create what I call transformative entertainment, where, you know, up and I think probably for all of, of the course of human history, we put entertainment and transformation or spirituality in these two very different categories. Um, mm-hmm. And how, how are we going to blend those together? You know, and like you see that stuff happening with music festivals and, um, mm-hmm. you know, different community gatherings and things. But um, it's really about like, how do we do that at home? What are people actually spending all their excess time doing if it's not watching mm-hmm. Netflix or playing video games? Um, mm-hmm. And and how could we funnel that into something that's that's just as engaging, um, but but reaches the meditation and yoga aspects that that we want to see. Mm, I love this so much. As you know, I live with a beautiful daughter of mine who is absolutely obsessed with. She feels her life's mission is being part of some team that creates VR games that help address full body, mind, spirit, health, right? Help enhance mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical health, help enhance relationships, help enhance feelings of being able to truly connect with others instead of this sort of, you know, we see very isolating, right? You mentioned removing the addiction and and escapism components. And there's also this loneliness, this isolation, this living in fantasy um, versus reality to escape reality. And one of the things I love most about you in your work here in the intro, I mentioned one of one of your beliefs. You say, you know, we can create a metaverse that upgrades the real world avatar that is you. And I cannot begin to tell you how much I love this twist because so many people are falling into that trap of ignoring their real world avatar, so to speak, and getting lost in a made up metaverse that is not enhancing the quality of their lives or their relationships. But you really believe we can flip that to create a metaverse through which we can benefit and upgrade our real world selves and each other in our world instead. Yeah, and that's I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions of of immersive technology, mainly VR and AR, is is that where you know the screen's coming closer to our face. It's more dehumanizing because now we don't really have contact with the outside world. Our periphery is completely blocked, and we're just in this thing. Uh, Mm -hmm. where it's actually the complete opposite. Um, Mm -hmm. These immersive technologies are actually the most human way that we can engage with technology for a variety of ways, uh, mainly being that your body now becomes the controller. So Mm -hmm. as opposed to you being this like kind of, you know, floating head that uses (laughs) your fingers and your thumbs to do everything in your life. um, Mm -hmm. Now you actually have the chance to operate inside of a virtual space that mimics the physical world and meet people in that virtual space that mimic the physical world. Everything from high-fiving each other and feeling the vibration on your hands to making eye contact now with the latest headsets that actually track your eyes so you can look somebody in the eyes. So, you know, right now, if you actually look at something like Instagram, um, that is a very, very passive consumptive model where if you Mm -hmm. look at a social VR experience, it is highly active and participatory the entire time. There, mm-hmm. There is no way for you to just stand on the sideline and view a social experience. You have to participate in it. So your EQ goes way up, jacks through the roof because you're actually emotionally involved in what you're doing because yeah. you are a agent in the space. You have this agency that 
social media, you're literally just like watching from a TV screen. That's yeah. like when I watch people on scrolling through something, that's literally like they're just watching TV. There's not really a difference um, yeah. outside of the comment section, which does very little. So um, <laughs> that's when I think about the upgrading the real world avatar. It's that instead of having this passive model where you're, you know, I always joke because like in video games, you have all these different statistics and experience points that you raise, like, you know, your money or your, um, or your strength or your agility or your, you know, all these things. But literally as those stats raise in the virtual world, they decrease in the physical world. Um, so <laughs> you're, you're getting weaker as you get stronger. You're getting poorer as you get more, you know, mm -hmm. richer in the game. It's like yeah. all these stats actually completely invert and go the diff different direction. But mm -hmm. with VR, you're able to actually participate in learning that skill and using your body to do that skill. So there was mm -hmm. a, a really interesting study that came out recently that showed that uh, surgeons using VR headsets to learn how to do their, their surgery training um, have a 96% um, uh, completion rating when they actually go to a live surgery. The, the doctors that were working on cadavers had a 4% um, success of, of uh, or, you know, chance of success. So it literally went from them working on these lifeless cadavers to now mm -hmm. working on virtual bodies that have blood flowing through them and have all the, the different, you know, scenarios yeah. that they could run through. And it jumps from four to 96%. So that's just like kind of starting to show what mm. the difference is. Um, and, you know, that's a very physical training compared to mm -hmm. virtual training. But then if you look at jumps from something like e-learning into what we call v-learning, virtual learning, um, that's mm -hmm. about as as uh, similar or, you know, of the jump because you go from this passive asynchronous model of looking at a screen or mm -hmm. watching a teacher lecture you in front of a classroom <laughs> to now being uh, active, participatory and in a very communal uh, setting doing so. And so does this work in a similar fashion? I, I'm going to just come with zero Zen mind, beginner mind, which isn't far from the truth as far as my experience and knowledge of VR. Most of what I get is, is from my beautiful children. And do you have this virtual experience with others all over the world? Like you can connect in social media from people all over the world. Can you have a VR experience with people that are not in the room with you? Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so genius X, um, one of my companies, our first app is called Retreat. Uh, it actually mm -hmm. comes out very soon. Um, you can download Yay! it now on the uh, Meta Quest headset, um, but it's it's kind of our beta version. The full release is, uh, I can't say exactly, but it should be towards the end of this year, 2022. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, yeah, that whole experience is social. So we could fit about 60 people um, virtual avatars from around the world in each individual room. Um, but then those rooms could be mirrored. So let's say if you're doing a mm -hmm. conference, the you could only interact with the 60 people um, that are in your space, but then the speaker um, and a bunch of the components of this conference could be mirrored to where that you're still watching that interaction, but you're just with a different group of 60 people. So it essentially could be scaled infinitely. If you wanted mm -hmm. 6,000 people um, to be participating in an event, you can, mm -hmm. there would just be, you know, a hundred different worlds facilitating that for people. Wow. This is amazing. And we have this technology available right now in our own homes. We can have this. 
Yeah, for 300 bucks, you could buy a headset and what? create your avatar and uh, walk into virtual spaces. And um, yeah, it's all it's all there right now. Um, and that's what's so cool is that it's very, very new. There's maybe, yeah. I don't know, maybe 15 social apps in VR, you know, um, mm-hmm. and these are like published apps. I'm sure that there's hundreds that are, um, you know, kind of in the in the background, but there's only really 300 and I think 30 apps total published on the the main marketplace. And if you think about the comparison between mm-hmm. that and like your iOS, your Apple app store, mm-hmm. they ha- I think there are a little over 3 million apps. Wow. So, so yeah, like just for, for comparison to show how young the industry is. Um, wow. So yeah, I would say only a handful of those are social um, VR apps, but they're amazing. And, you know, we have yeah. team meetings in them. Um, I like take, I go out like in networking events inside of VR. Um, of course, I don't think it's ever going to replace human contact. And that's not something that we ever want to do. And all of my business partners are all in full agreement that we do not support transhumanism, uh, which Mm -hmm. is really like the idea that I, you know, kind of simply stated is that humans will merge with machines and live for eternity and Mm -hmm. upload our, our consciousness into computers. We are very, very much against that and believe that the human is the most intricate and advanced piece of technology that there is. And if we could leverage technology to enhance the human technology, um, that's where we start to have all this magic happen. So I will never Mm -hmm. say that we're replacing physical conferences, but if you want to see your grandma from across the world, this is (laughs) way better than FaceTime, you know. And I mean, you mentioned before that you could feel in the equipment, if you high five someone, you can feel that tingle in your hand. Could you hug grandma? Could you actually almost feel that in the tech so that's close. now we're coming? Are you close? That's what my yeah, daughter's so excited close. about. Yeah. I mean, I imagine you could, you probably could, uh, as a, as a developer, as a programmer, you could do that mm-hmm. with just the haptic, the vibrating vests that are out there now. Okay. Uh, but I have not seen a hugging app yet, but yeah, you could tap somebody <laughs> on their shoulder and feel it on their, on your back. Oh, wow. Oh, I just am um, sitting here with my daughter in spirit form. She's just so present for this conversation and so excited. I feel like I speak with her. Uh, she's in her late teens and a lot of, a lot of her friends, late teens, early twenties. And it feels like this is a very natural, uh, desire in so many. Like it's almost like you ever had that feeling like I should be living this way, but it's not quite here yet. I don't quite understand why this isn't readily available. It's like they already kind of come in with it almost with this mm. feeling like they they should be able to do this. And sometimes I find that they're a little confused that it's not quite in their living room yet. And so this is so exciting um, for me anyway, hearing how it's how it's present, how it's starting. This is an amazing time to be alive. Okay. So transformative entertainment, the genius X, the VR, the education. I love the stat you gave about the surgery. That's phenomenal. And I know the e-learning, you know, it's, it's had a huge scope and had a huge effect and was there for people, especially in the past few years where so many people had to school at home all of a sudden. But can you be a little more vivid and explain what it actually looks like, feels like the difference and why the stats are so much higher in the VR world and, and what is on the horizon for us in education? I mean, I love your your inspiration about democratizing high quality education, what a difference that would make. What could that look like? 
Yeah, I mean, I've, I've touched on some of it, but I could I could definitely elaborate. So, um, a lot of it is the the stats and like the the studies that have been done thus far. And this is not comparing um, VR to classroom learning only. It's also comparing to e learning. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been pretty interesting to kind of watch um, as the pandemic happened and um, this huge uptick in in e learning, which is very similar to like the telemedicine industry at like you know, Mm, blue past projections by 36 times or something crazy um, for the year, Um, but also the attrition of courses. So something the most recent stat that I read was a little over 90% of people that pay for e-learning courses never finish them. Um, So, and those are the people that are paying. Um, (laughs) So, you know, it's, it's definitely an issue. And then uh, my business partner with Genius X, um, the reason that he wanted to get involved with me was that he has a eight-year-old daughter that um, started to go to Zoom school and, and she was private schooled and still it didn't really matter. It it held her back. It was very, very challenging for her. And Mm -hmm. uh, my business partner was like, there has to be another way beyond Mm -hmm. um, what, what, current technology enables us to do. Um, so yeah, the most recent science is really around um, retention. Um, so actually being able to memorize and and retain the information. Uh, it's also mm-hmm. around EQ. Um, mm-hmm. So how much emotional connection or engagement do you have with the content? Um, it's around focus, um, mm-hmm. which is really, really heightened because of I mean, just simply your frontal lobe and your vision, uh, the aspect of your brain that is in charge of vision is so active. Um, and mm. there's really no distractions. Like you can't, you can't get a text or have a separate browser going in VR. Right. Like if you're in the app, you're in the app. Not mm. only that, but you can't even see anything going on around you. So, you know, mm. if you imagine a kid uh, l- doing their, you know, Zoom class, they probably have three tabs open. They're like, mm-hmm. you know, running a video game. They're like mining Bitcoin. And then in the background of their <laughs> desktop, and then in the background of their des- desktop, then they have yeah. like their mom cooking and their <laughs> sisters running around in the living room. And then they have their phone going in their pocket. Like yeah. the amount of distractions that could be present for somebody mm-hmm. that's that's on Zoom is, is insane. And then you look at it with VR and I literally can't even take out my phone when I'm in VR. I have to take off the uh-huh. headset. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's like very practical things when you think about it, but then there's like the stuff that you, that are kind of just, you know, you would never know. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, those are the main things of how it's, how it's heightening. Those are like the big statistics, Um, but it's primarily because your body is engaged in the experience. You're, you're completely focused on it. You're having these very intense interactions with people or in our case with your instructors. Um, and for learning specifically, we're going from this passive um, theoretical knowledge to now taking it to applied wisdom. So a really mm. good example is one of our courses is a public speaking course. So, you mm. know, typically if you were to do that with e-learning, you would watch the, the videos and you might like work on the construct of your speech. Um, and then maybe you present in front of your Zoom class in VR mm we're able to actually put you in front of an auditorium of live people to speak in front of. So um, I've done it. I've done public speaking in VR a few times um, and spoke at some VR conferences inside of my headset. And I have to say it is much more uh, intense than anything that you would do on your, on your computer (laughs) screen. Cause you can see people's body language. um, You're looking at the moderator 
or the, mm-hmm. or the person introducing you on stage, people have like emojis and things like little hearts and smiley faces that come up above their head. If, if they're like applauding you as oh, you're, wow. as you're talking and then people can walk up to the stage and do Q and a with you. Um, so, you know, it's again, like we ideally, if you do a public speaking course in VR, you should be able to get out of it and feel like you're completely ready. It's not like yeah. now you have to go out into the real world and practice. It, your practice should be done inside of the virtual experience. So that's really uh, the biggest jump outside of all yeah. like the fun statistics and the empathy generation and all the, mm-hmm. you know, we also like uh, overlay binaural beats. So there's um, specific brainwave entrainment music that's going on while you're learning. Uh, we we really work on the architecture and the design. And we work with uh, this really incredible guy named Michael Rice, who's a bio architect. Oh, yeah. Um, he's designed all these incredible buildings in Dubai and elsewhere using the Fibonacci sequence and sacred geometry. So all of our buildings just feel really good when you're walking around them or in them. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, you know, all of that stuff adds layers to it. But ultimately, it's around experiential learning and gamified learning where you're going on these quests and these adventures and you're acquiring a skill that you could immediately apply um, as opposed Mm to it just being a step along the journey. Oh, there is so much excitement coursing through me right now. This, and and there's a little, and there's a little bit of sad, if I'm going to be honest, like I'm, there's a teeny tiny bit of wistfulness that I'm a mom of, you know, my youngest is now 18 (laughs) very soon. And I just wish, especially since we were so unconventional in our lifestyle and, and the way they chose to learn, if this had been available to them, I can only imagine, I know every generation, you know, has a little bit of that for the new that comes, but I'm so excited that they get to jump in on it now at this age for this to be, they will soak this up. They will love this so much and they will have this available to them and, and their family, should they choose to go that route? I, it's so exciting, Lyle. It is so exciting. And it's so, it sounds so accessible, like so accessible. Yeah. I mean, we're, you know, it's uh, it's definitely it's slow moving, but I mean, right now I think there's around 20 million people inside of VR headsets pretty regularly, um, okay. as far as like active monthlies. But um, yeah, I mean, the technology is still has a lot of barriers to to jump over, um, mainly because of the stigma associated with it, um, mm-hmm. which I think that that's going to be the the most interesting kind of judo flip if it's if it's possible, <laughs> which would be um, having people understand that this isn't actually dehumanizing them anymore. It's, it's the complete opposite. It's making them all of a sudden now a, a human participant in the technology yeah. as opposed to just, uh, you know, what all yeah. the big tech companies call consumers. Um, That's right. you know, this is, uh, this is very much a, an autonomy experience. And mm-hmm. most people are like, oh, isn't it just like bringing your cell phone four inches closer to your face? And no. it couldn't be further away from that. No. Oh, I can see that. I can totally see that. But I can also see if I, if I hadn't, you know, if I'm not privy to this knowledge, if I don't have someone like your wonderful self to chat to about this or hear what I hear from my own children, if I didn't have a window into this world, I could very easily um, think that way. I could very easily Mm. fall into those fears just from a lack of understanding, but the potential here. 
Yeah. And, and all of it is a mirror, right? Technology is just a mirror. So sure. like, yes, the experiences that we already participate in as humans, uh, mm-hmm. like zombie shooter games, horror right. movies, <laughs> porn, yeah. all of that stuff is just like, you know, maxed out. It's like, a, yeah. it's, you know, 10x better or more, whatever yeah. brain chemicals that you're looking to stimulate, <laughs> you know, they're, they're 10x in uh, yeah. VR. Um, yeah. So that's, that's also why I'm so passionate about it is because, you know, I just meet so many conscious creators and really incredible mm-hmm. humans um, yeah. that are jumping off this technology train. They're like, there's no way I'm not dealing with it. I'm moving to Montana. I'm living in the woods. Um, yes. You know, meanwhile, their entire business is ran on Instagram, but I won't, I won't mention that. Yeah, we won't talk about that. <laughs> uh, but you know, they're like, they're like, I can't participate any in any of this. And that's the biggest thing for me is like, you need to jump back on the train. This isn't, this train isn't going to slow down because you're jumping off of it. We actually yeah. need to change the conductor. We need to lay new railroad tracks. We need to mm-hmm. figure this out. Um, yeah. And yes, everything that we do negatively now with technology is just going to be 10x that inside mm. of the virtual world. So that's yeah. more of a reason to get involved because it also works the other way. You try yeah. all these different cool meditation apps on your phone. There's even this cool light therapy app. I think it's called Illuminate um, mm-hmm. that uses the flashlight on the back of your phone and you close your eyes and it strobes lights to create different brainwave entrainment. Um, you know, all that stuff's great. And we could do that with our smart computer in our, in our pockets. But mm-hmm. um, with VR, again, it'll 10x whatever apps that we find enjoyable and, mm-hmm. and helpful for us in our mental health. It's, yeah. it's the same principle, right? So it's just it's just an exponential movement in whatever direction that we want to mirror with the tech. Um, mm-hmm. And I think a lot of uh, a lot of impact driven creators are are not aware of that. They're like, no, this is just another escapism tool. I need to lean away from this. And it's mm-hmm. like, no, this will be the computer in everyone's home in the next five to ten years. So yeah. we need to make yeah. sure that the apps that are running on it are are doing something you know positive. Yeah. Absolutely. That's who we want informing it. That's who we want co-creating it. That's that's the energy we want in it. Absolutely. Uh, beautiful, beautiful call to action and much needed. Let's segue a little bit over since you brought it up in the mental health, mental health and wellness. Entheo, digital. I love this. Can you can you just share a little bit about it? Yeah. So um Early in, I guess in the summer of 2020, um, the FDA announced a uh, mental health pandemic to go along with COVID. And yeah. that allowed them to basically open up uh, clearance for okay. uh, video games that create positive mental health outcomes. So okay. there was this term called digital therapeutics that's been around for maybe the last 15 years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are digital health tools. So this could be anything from like, um, patient tracking to incentivizing you to take your medication to Apple watches mm-hmm. and health monitors and all these things. Um, but in the summer of 2020, uh, a company called Akili and the founder, Adam Ghazali, who's a good uh, friend of our, of our company, um, neuroscientist out of UCSF, he uh, worked on this video game for 10 years that gets uh, kids basically off of their Adderall or Ritalin and creates new neurosynapses in their brain and gets rid of ADHD, um, which sounds crazy. And it's literally a game (laughs) on your phone that you play a couple times a week and will uh, increase focus. And not only 
increase focus, but create a new lasting neuroplasticity, meaning that unlike pharmaceuticals, you don't have to yeah. play this your entire life. Um, after you play it for a few months, you have mm-hmm. new wiring, basically. Um, wow. So as that was happening, my VR publishing company, Andromeda, we had an uh, experience that we built in-house that just didn't really fit well into the gaming market. It was just mm-hmm. too avant-garde, too um, too health and wellness oriented for the mainstream video gamers that would be playing this in a VR headset. Okay. Um, and we we did a bunch of research on it. We did a few pilot studies. Um, we had some scientists come in and and use it for their PhD um, and and focus on. Uh, creating these transpersonal states of consciousness with technology. So basically creating digital drugs. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, while this was happening in the summer of 2020, we said, let's form an entirely new company um, outside of the VR publishing space and into digital therapeutics, because we already have a product that works very, very well. And we were just kind of waiting for a market to arise where it makes sense. So um, now we are uh, a year in, um, and we're doing a lot of serious clinical research um, with a variety of different clinicians and uh, research universities. Um, and mm-hmm. essentially, we are preparing to get FDA approval of our software um, as a medical device for people with anxiety and depression um, to play this instead of being on their pharmaceuticals. Wow. That is one of the most inspiring things I've heard in the past 10 years, just considering the scope of how many people are suffering from this and how many children every day, the number of children suffering from this grows and grows and grows. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I will explain just a little bit of the actual experience. So I know Mm -hmm. anytime I bring this up to people, they're like, well, what is it? You know, (laughs) (laughs) so uh, it is a virtual reality experience. Right now we are using uh, light therapy glasses as well, which essentially uh, they're glasses that you have your eyes closed. So in VR, you obviously have your eyes open with Mm -hmm. light therapy glasses, lights are strobing. Um, and your eyes are closed, but your brain creates these really uh, intense visuals from the variety of colors and the frequency of the strobing that's happening. Mm. Uh, so, so the experience could use either or, um, okay. and you go into this basically guided meditation where you're um, taught how to and instructed to vocally tone. Um, so <laughs> toning could look like a lot of things. Uh, for most people, it's just a simple ohm. Or it mm-hmm. could be any sort of mantra or vowels or humming. Uh, we love when we get singers in the experience because they <laughs> just really go for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that so the experience continues to remind you to vocally tone. So you basically take a deep inhale in, long tonal exhale, and you do that for around 30 minutes. And as you're doing that, the um, the visuals, the audio, and the vibration of the, like we a lot of times pair it with a haptic vest or haptic mat, um, basically a vibrating bed. Um, it's more of a therapeutic thing, but it's it's not needed for the experience. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so these three components of the biofeedback, um, the visual, the audio, and the, the kinesthetic all mm-hmm. respond to your voice and essentially put you into like this cocoon of uh, introspection and very, very deep meditative trance-like state in like less than five minutes. So we like to say, um, you know, we can make somebody a, like a 10 year meditator in 10 minutes. 
um, <laughs> which has a lot of very interesting health outcomes when people have their first really deep uh, introspective yeah. journey, um, mm-hmm. which kind of coined us calling it a technodelic. So um, it does <laughs> I create love that. these like, it does create like very similar. We have a lot of people coming off the experience saying that it reminded them of 5-MeO or oh, wow. uh, they're a big dose of mushrooms or whatever psychedelic they want to compare it to, um, mm-hmm. which has led us to using it as a kind of our first test market right now is with psychedelic therapists and using okay. our technology as a preparatory and an mm-hmm. integration piece of their protocol. So essentially before people mm-hmm. go into a psychedelic journey, they could use this experience to relax, go into the very psychedelic mentality of just surrender. Um, and what that does is create more consistent outcomes on the back end of their psychedelic journey. Um, and then mm-hmm. as an integration tool, um, some of the research that we're doing right now, we're showing that we're actually activating very similar brain waves as a full doses of psilocybin or, you know, you choose your psychedelic and that's like mm-hmm. um, shutting off of the default mode network, which is largely responsible for the ego and small self, um, increase mm-hmm. in alpha, increase in gamma bursts, which are very rare to see outside of something like a, a dose of psychedelics. Mm-hmm. So what that does is actually um, puts you into a similar headspace as when you were doing while you were in your therapeutic session, which will allow you to recall the very fleeting epiphanies and memories of the psychedelic journey much easier. Not not only like, a, you know, a few minutes after the psychedelic journey ends, but mm-hmm. days, weeks, even months later, you could try our experience. And a lot of people will have memory recall that they didn't, you know, know that, even know it was there. This is so exciting. We're, okay, two things. I, I could be on here forever in a day. I'm going to have to have you back because this is barely drilling the surface and there is so much here and it is so uh, timely. Like it's just perfect timing for what so much of the world could have access to and is needing and is screaming for, and maybe not knowing exactly uh, where we could put this into practice. And I'm thinking not just of individuals and family homes, but of organizations and the old structures kind of crumbling around and people looking for, well, what's the new, well, what is building back better? Well, what does that look like? Well, how do we bring this forward? How do we create that inspired world we all dream about in our heart of hearts? What is the practical, right? Steps to that. And this, this carries such huge potential. If we can just see it, if we can just give it a try in this way. And so, okay, two things. I don't know how to do any of these things. I'm a bit of a dinosaur. I know half of what you're talking about. Let's say, where do I go and how do I get the experience you just described? Yeah. So, um, for specifically for Sound Self, which is the mm-hmm. digital therapeutic, um, you just go to our website, mpo.digital or mpo.io. We mm-hmm. are doing a closed beta right now, meaning we basically interview everybody that reaches out and wants to try our tech. Um, okay. But you can apply for that. And you can mm-hmm. also um, apply for our newsletter and find out and you'll be the first to know when we open it up to the general public. Um, okay. So that would be probably the easiest way. Of course, you could just reach out to me directly as well. Um, mm-hmm. I do do a lot of individual calls onboarding people into our tech because a big part of what we're doing is um, internal research. So okay. kind of as to be a part of what we're doing, we um, 
ask for you to be a part of uh, us collecting data and testimonials and figuring out what you do and don't like about it. Because unlike mm-hmm. a pharmaceutical where yeah. you have this molecule that you pass, you go through the <laughs> FDA, yeah. we have software that's iterative and we could mm-hmm. not only do research on what it's doing in the brain, mm-hmm. um, but we could also take that research and immediately apply it to redevelop and redesign the product based off yeah. of um, you know, people's opinions. So yeah. um, we're very much in a learning process right now and just continuing to make it better. Okay. Oh, Lyle, amazing. Listen, I know we have to wrap up in a few minutes, but I, I can't without asking you this. I'm always so curious about how people get to be whoever they are today and, and, and who they are unfolding into and becoming. You know, it's so easy to palpably feel your dedication to this, your passion around this. Where does that come from? Why are you so passionate about it? Hmm. I feel like that would be, that's a whole hour long answer for you. <laughs> well, I think it's worth uh, it. Give me something and we'll yeah, come can, back on. Like, yeah, the very condensed um, version. Um, I guess, you know, my, my background before getting into technology was around still around this term transformative entertainment in the music industry um, mm-hmm. and i was producing these very large-scale music festivals and trying to bring people into what i call a state of satori um, which is a zen buddhism term for this sudden moment of realization or enlightenment i've, mm-hmm. I've always had this very strong calling to um, help people spark their fire on their journey i never felt like i was the person that that holds somebody's hand or even guides them through the many layers of yeah. of their spiritual journey. Um, yeah. But I was I and really enjoy just sparking people. Um, and yeah. so I was doing that and uh, music festivals was very, very dedicated to that and watching people's lives transform when they had their first guided meditation experience mm-hmm. or they, they they got into a float pod for the first time, a deprivation tank or they, you know, all these different experiences that I would bring to these events. But then when I saw software, um, that was the big switch for me is that I tried a VR headset in like 2015 with a meditation software and was like, holy shit, this is, <laughs> this is what's about to happen. Is that instead of, you know, I was, I had a very successful creative agency and was working with these huge festivals, like whatever, a hundred to 400,000 people, including Coachella and EDC. But even with the biggest festivals, I'd be lucky if I maybe had like 50,000, you know, like 10 to 50,000 people throughout the course of a weekend go through an experience that I was creating. But with mm-hmm. software, that could be hundreds of millions of people with the push of a button. And that was like kind of the big shift for me was mm-hmm. like what I'm building in the physical world and creating all these different activations for people to experience. I could then just build into the virtual world uh, mm-hmm. and it becomes much more accessible and scalable. And unlike a music festival, you don't have to tear it down three days later. Um, you get to continue <laughs> to improve upon it and build. Uh, yeah, so so that's been the biggest thing for me. I mean, obviously, there's a lot more to why mm-hmm. I am so dedicated to my mission and, and cause. But I would say that that's like one of the bigger catalysts for me to specifically be involved in technology is just is just kind of that that realization. Mm. I love it. 
I'm going to invite you back. I want to hear so much more. And I'm sure our listeners do as well. It is deeply inspiring. And you do carry that spark naturally. I can see well, I've seen before. I've, I've been with you and seen it. But that catalyst, that ignition, and for you to be so dedicated to that vision of sharing it with as many as possible in the most efficient and benevolent way is it's just so heartening, Lyle. Ah, what a super powerful, deeply inspiring conversation as I knew it would be. I so appreciate you being here with us today, sharing yourself so generously. And I'm just, I'm so thrilled about your work in the world and all these beautiful gifts just pouring out of you and all you're involved in benefiting so many people. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This is definitely an amazing uh refreshing way to you know be in the middle of my day and go back at all of the all of my projects with more enthusiasm oh i'm so happy to hear it and delighted to serve in that way oh beautiful all right everyone and thank you all for coming along on this ride with us today too as always i hope today's episode serves your highest possible good and that it inspires you to explore more about your own version of co-creating our inspired world and of course, anytime we're talking about inspiration in our lives is a great time to talk about SIFA, everything we got going on over here in the superpower universe, creative energy field activation or SIFA for short is an absolute game changer. And if you've not yet experienced this beautiful, powerful and super accessible modality, I highly encourage you to head on over to superpowerexperts.com to sign up for the next free experience with our very own Tonya Don Rekla for yourself. Experience it for yourself as soon as possible. Until next time, keep unlocking your own superpowers of the soul and put them to great use, creating a life and a world you love. Bye for now, everyone. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Superpower Network. Go now to superpowerexperts.com to unlock your superpowers and change your life today.